Welcome back, podcast listeners. Episode 148. And Tony, I'm looking at your beautiful face from screen again. I know, I know. So as you're up in the amazing Myrtleford, God's country, and uh, of course we have Willard talking to us today from Wagga Wagga. So it's, yeah, uh, it's I'm, uh, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting here in shirt and tie in the office. Yeah, I was going to say, both of us are enjoying sort of that sort of weird, the two sort of long weekends in a row. Um, so I guess we've been the lucky ones that sort of have escaped to the country, but it's good to see you're doing the hard yards. Oh, at least I'm lucky one for next Monday, Jamie. Uh, Maria has come through and I've got four tickets to Anzac Day. So very happy about that. I'm, I must admit, jealous there. I've never been to one of the Anzac matches, but I'd, I would And you won't be that. this year either. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's, uh, let's jump in today. We're really organised. I know this is a conversation we have our, with our clients year round, uh, but I guess when it comes to a podcast, we're really ready and we were – just talking about the traffic on the Hume, but we're going to beat the rush to 30th of July, to, uh, 30th of June today. Yep, no, 30th of June it's, uh, is the cutoff date, not not a month later, but yes, we are. So, look, there's sort of five main topics I want to talk about. The new limit for super contributions, non-concessional super strategies, more super things to think about, get your SMSF in ship uh tip-top shape and know your tax deductions. Oh, and I guess maybe as a last one, number six, we can also talk about reviewing your investment portfolio um, around that time. But the first one I do want to start on is the new limits for super contributions. Um, so from 1st of July 2021, there's some changes that come into place. Yeah, so the, for both uh, concessional and non-concessional, so the and the concessional contributions from 1st of July last year were increased to $27,500. Now, this, of course, is the tax deductible component of your contributions in the superannuation, but does also include your superannuation guarantee. So as a rough rule of thumb, if you're working and you're on $100,000 a year, your employer is actually already putting away 10% or 10,000 into superannuation. So the combined balance that can be contributed into superannuation uh, and claiming it as a tax deduction is 27,500. That example I just provided then, Jamie, means that you have wriggle room uh, to be able to contribute personally up to $17,500, claim it as a tax deduction, and on your behalf, claim the full, uh, claim the full tax deduction because you're on the highest marginal tax bracket. Is that right? <laughs> you wish. Oh, I wish. Like, with, with that, I guess my biggest gripe, um, and I actually like talking about this subject because I have a lot of friends that always ask me, oh, especially, I guess, trades and farmers and things like that, they sometimes get the advice always to go and buy a new tool, go and buy a new tractor. How many um, tractors do farmers need? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I've never worked on the land. Willard, I saw you constructing or knocking down a wall yesterday up in the farm, but it was, um, but you know, it's, and we're actually helping with succession plan of a client who owns a farm at the moment. And, and they've got like 14 tractors, but he buys a new one and doesn't sell any of the old ones. It was worse than me and my push bikes. Yeah, and what, but like with it, I, I guess, there, look, there's a time and a place, and I'm not giving advice, as you know, but, you know, I, I look at it as a, a great way to pay yourself and get a tax deduction for it. That's how I sort of view it. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it doesn't matter how old you are. So think of it this way. I've always said you never make any investment decision purely based on getting a tax deduction. That is the worst reason in the world to actually make an investment. And historically in our industry, you know, whether it was 
grapes or tr- or gum trees or whatever the case is, is that you know people were actually going and investing based on a tax deduction and getting a refund check from the tax office rather than um, investing for their future or for that invest because they think that investment is actually good. Now, my philosophy is that if the investment is great and it comes with a tax deduction, well, that's a bonus. You know, so it's uh, so on the on this basis. An example that I provided earlier: if you're on a hundred thousand, there's ten thousand put away. But if you have got disposable income, there's two. Think of it this way, Jamie. You, let's say, for example, there's a twenty thousand dollars shortfall between your SG and what you can put away up to the twenty-seven and a half thousand dollars. So that means you can put twenty thousand into your superannuation fund, claim it as a tax deduction. Now, depending on your tax rate, you could be getting anywhere from a third up to nearly half of that back from the ATO. What you've contributed in the super only attracts a 15% contributions tax. So you're far better off cash flow wise. But basically, that entire 27,500 minus uh, about three grand in contributions tax is actually working towards your retirement, which is a big tax free. You know, golden goose, as far as I've always said, it's, you know, it's it's the, you've, you've got a tax-free income in based on today's laws. After age 60, you, you can have a tax-free income uh, based for as long as your superannuation balance runs out. So, and this is this is the disagreement, I suppose, I've had, or, or actually, I won't say disagreement, I'll say discussion I've had with some accounting partners that we work with who get clients to actually buy a property to negative gear it. Now, there's two scenarios. First of all, interest rates are at historical lows, so it's hard to negative gear anything with current interest rates. Uh, but the second the second part of it, though, is that if you're negative gearing, it means you're actually spending a dollar to get 50 cents back. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You're 100% reliant on capital growth then, and you're still going to have capital gains tax uh, if you were to sell that property in the future or just in retirement getting an income from it, the income being rent, being taxable. In this scenario here, you've actually put $20,000 into super, like paying $20,000 interest only on a loan. You're actually getting half of that back from the tax man, but the whole, well, besides 3,000 contributions tax, you now got $17,000 compounding for you to actually earn a tax-free income in retirement. Far better short-term, far better result in the short-term, far better long-term result as well. So it's yeah. but once again, don't make a decision to invest purely based on getting a tax deduction. You have to like the investment, and that goes down to your last point of under of underlying asset allocation. Yeah, and I guess there's there's also been a change um, in the unused concessional contribution amounts. Yeah, there has. So this is actually one where we're doing a lot of work uh, for our very high income earning clients uh, this year. So. Historically, what would happen is, let's say, for example, uh, you had 10,000 going into your super last year, Jamie. Yep. And this year you've had a bumper year and you've got disposable income and you want to increase it to that limit of 27,500. So you make a, uh, on that basis, a $17,500 personal uh, contribution to claim and you get your tax deduction and a nice refund from the ATO. That's great. But last year, you only had 10,000 going into super as well, and you didn't have any spare cash to make the extra contribution. So that was it. You just had 10,000 going in. What the government have now allowed you to do with a couple of provisos, but what the government have now allowed you to actually do 
is use what's known as the carry forward. Uh, so the carry, what the carry forward rule means, uh, sorry, look back rule, non-concessional. No, it's uh, yeah, it's carry forward. Thank you. So basically, what they allow you to do is, as long as your balance is less than five hundred thousand, so that that's that's their number one rule. They allow you to look back for the last three years. So let's say in the last couple of years you had a shortfall of seventeen. Uh, it was only twenty-five thousand. So let's say fifteen thousand for the last two years as well. This year you could put in seventeen and a half thousand to shortfall between your SG and what you can contribute up to twenty-seven and a half. But they were able to add look back they actually allow you to make another $30,000 in contribution. So this year, you could actually, rather than putting 27.5, you can actually now put another 30 on top of that, so $47,500 into super this year, claim $47,500 worth of tax deductions, get maybe up to half of that back from the ATO. Now, you're a few years under age 60, but let's say you're, you're actually then about to retire, you're getting a chunk of money back from the ATO and then you turn it into an allocate over age 60, turn it into an allocated pension fund and start drawing a tax-free income for the rest of your life. So the ATO is giving you a check to put more money in your super to retire on a zero tax bracket for the rest of your life. It's not a bad yeah. strategy, even for a youngster no, like you. But so clients, I guess clients um, are probably used to this carry forward rule uh, when it comes to non-concessional contributions. And That's I know right. there was an adjust there was an adjustment as well to um, the caps on the non-concessional. Yeah, so that's right. So they've actually increased that from, uh, I've been in the industry so long, Jamie, I remember when there was no caps on it and then the caps became a million dollars. So basically in June, we just went around collecting million dollar checks. Uh, so now it's like, gone now from five, down 100,000 now. Yeah, now it went from 540,000 down to 150,000, uh, sorry, 100, it depends how old you were. There was different rules depending on how old you were, but now it would have been reduced to 100,000, but you could use the bring forward rule. And basically what that means is uh, as long as your balance is under the cap, which is currently super cap, which is currently $1.7 million, you can actually, uh, and you're under age 65, you can actually bring three years forward. So let's say you're 64 years old, uh, and, first of, so, and on 1st of the July this year, it changed back to 110,000. 110, yeah, 110. Yeah. So it was 1st of July last year, actually, 2021. Sorry. Yeah, so it was, um, so basically you're 64 years old, you got a bunch of cash sitting in your bank account, your balance is only $1 million in your superannuation fund. You can now actually go and use that uh, bring forward rule on non-concessional contributions. You don't even have to be working because you're under age 65, so you don't have to have the work test and put an extra 330,000 into your super fund. There's no contribution, there's no tax deduction on it, but there's also no contributions tax. So you've now got a balance of $1.33 million and that could be an extra $30,000 tax-free in retirement to you um as well so if that 330,000 was just invested in your personal name well then any income from that is uh is how it depends on how it's invested is potentially taxable in your superannuation fund a zero tax in the earnings of the fund and zero tax on what you actually take out as an income as well in saying that though if you have retired and you're over age 60 and you do need access to $100,000 it's not locked away like it was before you retired so you could actually still take that 100,000 out tax free as well yep. on top of your normal income that you take out yeah some more super strategies i guess leading in um, to think about is the downsides of contribution 
Yeah, so this, this is this is one we've actually utilised on a few occasions for clients. Yeah, there's no age limit on it uh, in regards to you could be 80 and do it if you wanted to. Uh, so it's not as if you have to be under age 65. But that example that I just gave, uh, a client has, you know, uh, let's say they've now got hit that cap of, uh, you know, $1.6 million. They've already used their bring forward rule. They're now over age 65 where you can't use the bring forward rule anymore. Uh, so in respect to non-concessional contributions, and they've just used up three years anyway, but it's a husband and wife, and they've just sold their principal place of residence. There are a few rules involved in that, uh, in, uh, but they've sold their principal place of residence. They can go and contribute now a further $300,000 each into their superannuation fund as well, which means their superannuation fund has now got an extra combined balance of $600,000 in it. Uh, leading towards a lovely tax-free retirement as well. Nice. Um, Self-managed super funds, that's always a hot topic. Um, and I guess, you know, getting that in shape, there's a lot of administrative duties that need to be done on an annual basis. Yeah, there are. Um, I suppose the first uh, thing we always state is there's no need for a self-managed superannuation fund unless you're actually going to buy a property in it. Otherwise, yeah. the underlying, and no offence to all my accounting friends and colleagues out there, but why would you uh, pay $3,000 in accounting fees and audit fees to have the exact same underlying investments you can have in direct shares, et cetera? You don't need to sell. Once upon a time, if you want direct shares, you needed to have a self-managed super fund. You don't need that anymore. So there's no real benefit uh, unless you are going to buy property. And a lot of, of course, a lot of our self-employed clients do pro buy property. It, uh, for example, they might buy their own in, um, work premises uh, through their superannuation fund. Rather than paying a landlord $100,000 a year in rent, they're actually paying their own super fund $100,000 a year in rent, tax deductible to the business. Uh, going toward uh, in a 15% taxable environment within the superannuation fund, still get the same gearing benefits, etc. Uh, and of course, in the future, a tax-free revenue stream from it. And they should have a good tenant if they're their own tenant, which you can actually do. You can't do that on a residential investment property within a self-managed super fund, but you can do it in a business premises. So from that aspect, yes, there are uh, opportunities within self-managed super funds but getting it ship shape is one of the most important things and this is actually you know as part of this you actually do have to have um, every year uh, under the CISAC 94 an updated insurance and investment strategy for the fund yeah. now historically that's just been a piece of paper that's been said yes we've we've checked the investments and they're in line with what we want that now actually if the ATO audit year has to actually be substantiated that it's actually been done in this case we obviously do it for our clients making sure their underlying investments are in line with their stated and signed off investment strategy every year and as a result of that as well we have to make sure that you know the investments are still running uh, true to flavour. So, you know we have we have had uh, one client who was referred to us once and stated that they wanted a self-managed super fund because they're pulling all their money out of Uni Super. It was like half a million dollars, and we're going to was going to invest a whole lot in crypto because uh, he had invested in crypto and he just seemed to keep making 300% return a week through a broker that we found out was based in Romania and actually wasn't a broker, uh, just taking his money. Now we actually stated to him that we cannot set up that self-managed super fund 
uh, because we see it as taking too much risk and we can't advise on it. So if he wanted to set it up, he had to set it up himself and we wouldn't have anything to do with it um, as well. So now that's me. Once again, I'm not saying crypto is good or bad. Uh, there's, you know, that that's a disclaimer. So I'm certainly not suggesting that. I just, what I am suggesting is you actually have to be very careful with the underlying assets because the ATO want to see that you are acting in the best interest of the members and the members might just be you or might just be you and your spouse but they still want to make sure that there is an investment strategy that's signed off and you are acting in the best interest of the members yeah and, and we've, I guess we've in their point, we've in their risk tolerance yeah and I guess the last point we'll touch on you sort of led it in that way is about your investment portfolio um, and that goes for all super and investment accounts doesn't it leading to this time Oh, yeah. it certainly, do. it certainly I guess does. From, yeah. from the investment side, you know, you, you could consider realising any investment losses, um, you know, and these could be an offset against capital gains as well made during the year. Yeah, and if we're, there's, there's two components here, and that is if we're talking within, say, a self-managed super fund, uh, first of all, you don't want to sell any shares if, if that individual share is coming close to uh you know being um dividend uh so getting a dividend otherwise you miss out on the actual dividend you have to hold a share uh, for a certain period of time before it becomes ex-dividend in saying that though uh you might say okay it's time for me to cut my loss on this share sell it now lock in in capital loss and of course the capital loss will be offset against any future uh realized capital gain so and also to uh, making sure that you've got all the notices and got all your imputation credits because in a self-managed super fund, uh, because Labor didn't win the last election, uh, they were one of the things they did actually state they were going to do was take away the excess uh, franking credits or imputation credits uh, for self-managed super, only for self-managed super funds, interestingly enough, not for industry super funds. Uh, but in saying that though, what that meant was a lot of people relied on those imputation credits for the extra income that they were actually getting within their fund just to live. So the so based on that, within a self-managed super fund, if you do get excess credits, first of all, it can offset against any tax of the fund, uh, so any income tax, or it can um, you know be either rebated or obviously if they're in, in allocated pension mode and you've got a zero tax bracket and you receive 30 grand in dividends, you might have 15,000 imputation credits, they actually will get, or 10,000, they'll actually get refunded to you. So you now got 40,000 in income. So making sure you've got a, a correct investment strategy, tax effective investment strategy that suits your individual risk profile, suits the longevity goals of all the members and is in place for the right reasons. Yeah, then it can be it, understanding your underlying investments is vitally important to the overall results of what you want to achieve, both tax-wise, but also income-wise and risk-wise. Tony, thanks for jumping on board with me today. I think that how prepared are you and I are just leading into that date, but people have two months. Well, I'm a lot closer to age 60 than you are, so I think I'm a little bit better prepared. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's I think it's important to you know give us a call, um, reach out to us if you have any questions, um, because that's certainly where we can help you. Absolutely, it is absolutely. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Willard. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond and Co., which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. 
do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Pond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the host of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.